The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that Satan is using your own thoughts and words against you every day. Your very own voice. So I'd like to begin by talking about the power of your thoughts. Because every word that you speak is first a thought. Remember that. Every word that you speak is first a thought. The devil has custom thoughts designed just for you. Custom thoughts just designed for you that he will drop into your mind. Making a little thought seem like a huge mountain. You know that? He knows which buttons to push because he knows your weaknesses. And he puts those thoughts in your, in your mind. And, and he can dominate your whole day yeah. or your week or your whole life yeah. if you'll let him with one single thought. He can take that thought. It could be a thought about, so, uh, about something, a habit or something you're trying to break. It could be a thought about you're never going to get promoted or you're never going to amount to anything. It could be a thought that, you know, God is never going to heal you. Uh, it could be any kind of thought that he wants to put in there. And some people will spend the rest of their lives on that thought. You know, just mulling it over in their minds all the time. In 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, Whose minds the God of this age who do not believe, and as a result, they don't see the light of the good news about Christ's glory. It is Christ who is, Christ who is God's image. In other words, saints, the devil is after your mind. That's what he's after, and that's what we're, at, we're going to be talking about. If he can get you thinking wrong things, he can stop you in your tracks every time. If he can get you thinking and get those wrong thoughts into your mind. However, please keep in mind that the only way that the devil can get to you is through your mind. In other words, through your thoughts, your thought life. It's your thought life. It's your mind that he's after. Because he can't damage you in any other way. We harm ourselves. We don't have to do much work. The devil don't have to, in other words, uh, I'll take that back. The devil doesn't have to do a whole lot of work. Because we do it for him. He puts one thought and it just it has a ripple effect. It just keeps on going. Saints, there's power in your thoughts and there's power in your words and there's always going to be consequences in the thoughts that you choose to take and, and the words that you speak. The Bible says it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. In other words, human efforts profit you nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, it says in John 6, 63. Jesus says there is spirit life in the spoken word. And what I'm saying is when, you, when, you wanna, what, when he says to speak life or death, you know, in Proverbs 18, 21, it says the power of life and death lie in your tongue and you will eat the fruit thereof, be it good or be it bad. So he's saying if you're speaking my word, then there is spirit life in my word. But if you're, if you're speaking what the devil says and what he wants you to say, then you're, that's death. You're speaking death. But God's word is that. And keep in mind that words can transmit fear or words can transmit faith. They can transmit images after their kind to others. But God's word transmits the image that God wants you to have. And the devil transmits words that he, 
wants you to have, the images that he wants you to have. And I was speaking to Sister Nora about that at lunchtime today because this morning as I was going over my message for tonight, the enemy was trying to put thoughts and images in my, trans, transmit these images into my mind to get me to think on things I shouldn't be thinking on. You know, and I won't go into all the things he was thinking on. But as I was going over it and I got down to this part and I'm thinking to myself with Joe, the very thing that you're teaching on tonight is what he's using on you right now. You know, so we have a choice what we think. We can choose what we think. And I recognize that he was trying to transmit an image to me of something that I didn't want to have an image of to get me thinking. In other words, he wanted to put doubt in my spirit. He wanted me to begin to doubt and he wanted me to start thinking about negative stuff. And, and when he did that, then I just began to open up my mouth because I recognized, I just happened to look, I recognized what he was doing. And so I was like, I was telling Norda, I said, I just said, devil, you are such a liar. <laughs> I said, you, you are, you, you are just so upset because you know that tonight that you, God has given me a word and you don't want me to give it. I said, you know that these people are going to be delivered and set free tonight and you don't want to see it happen. So you're trying to put this image into my mind and I refuse, I refuse to take it. You can refuse to take it. And I said, I refuse in the name of Jesus to take any thoughts that does not, I bring that thought into captivity. Any, any thought, he says, any thought you can bring into captivity that tries to exalt itself against the true knowledge of God. Now, I could have sat there and thought about it. As a matter of fact, it probably took me less than two minutes to begin to feel depressed. Yes. Maybe two to three minutes. I was already beginning to feel depressed. Over nothing. The, you know, the, the thing that he was trying to make me feel depressed about had no validation whatsoever. It was just a thought. Like I said, he knows your weaknesses. Yes. He knows what buttons to push. Yes. You know, David and I were talking about fear. You know, the greatest fear there is is public speaking. And people don't know because they say, I'm so confident and I talk and I, with so much power and authority. They don't know the battles I go through to do this. You know, but God is my, is my witness knows that I just keep confessing his word and know that I'm not going under my own strength and my own power. Yes. I'm up here under his strength and under yes. his power yes. and the Holy Spirit, he's doing the teaching. Yes. I'm just a body up here and that's all you are you just bodies if you just let the holy spirit work through you are you hearing me yes, your saints your words are also powerful transmitters the words that you're speaking in other words they're transmitters so you got it you have to be careful what you say to yourself and that was what was going on this morning in the hotel room is what do i choose to say to myself do i choose to agree with the thoughts that satan is trying to put into my mind or am I going to agree with what the Word of God says? You know? And you know, and, what, and uh, I just have to tell um, Pastor um, or Sister Dor uh, Nora this. When I walked into the door tonight, you know, of course the Lord didn't share it with me either. Nora didn't share it with me. God didn't share it with me. <laughs> 
But I, I, I walked in, and, and you know, and it was it was such a great blessing and and, su and such a great surprise, and I, I just felt so humble, and I just really wanted to cry because God loves me so much that He would have all of you come and hear this word. Amen. You know that He loves me so much, and I that's why I said I just felt like I wanted to cry because I could just feel Him loving on me so much that you know that it just just you know, just really touches my heart just to know how much God really loves us. You know, as I said, your words are a powerful transmitter, so you really need to be careful how you talk to yourself. You, do, you need to do self-talk, but make, sh make sure what you're self-talking. Here's a good example of how powerful your thoughts are. The New England Journal of Medicine published a study which proves that whatever belief you hold in your subconscious mind will become a reality. For instance, they did a study on a group of people, on two groups of people, both with, de uh, with a degenerative knee disorder that underwent surgery to relieve the symptoms. They did, there was two groups. Both of them had the same degenerative knee disorder and they, went, uh, they underwent surgery to relieve the symptoms. One group had the actual surgery and the other group had a fake surgery. Both groups reported that the surgery was a success. Mind. This is why Satan's after your mind. You will not believe what you're capable of doing. You can control everything with your mind, your thoughts, your thoughts. Sugar pills. That's what they used to call them, sugar pills. But the uh, uh, medical term, I believe, is placebo effect. A placebo effect, also called the placebo response. It's a remarkable phenomena in which a placebo, a fake treatment, an inactive substance like sugar, distilled water, or saline solution can sometimes improve a patient's condition simply because, listen to this, simply because the person has the expectation that it will be helpful. Expectation plays a potent role in the placebo effect. It's kind of like a child with a Band-Aid. You know, you have the child, kid, he runs out and he stumps his knee or whatever, and he comes running in and crying, and it really doesn't need any medication. But you put a Band-Aid on it. And it makes him feel better right away. There's no medical explanation for it. It doesn't really medically help him. But here it does. It's what you would call a placebo effect. And that's what we do. Dear brothers and sisters, it is amazing to me, and I know it's amazing to you, truly amazing how our minds work. A lot of people believe that because their parents, for instance, died of something at an early age, because they died at an early age, that they will too. But scientists have proven that our genes are dormant, sleeping until they're activated by our thoughts. Think about that. I'm going to say that again. Scientists have proven that our genes are dormant. Dormant means to sleep. Sleeping until they're activated by our thoughts. In other words, when you constantly talk about it, you activate it and it will come alive in your body because your spirit, your soul, and body are linked together according to 2 Thessalonians 5.23. You're a spirit, soul, and body. 
and you're all connected. I do. I did a series, and I don't know if I have, I don't think I have it back there, women tonight. But I did a series on understanding the spirit, soul, and body. And if you don't have it, you should get it because it, it explains to you how you can receive not only healing but finances too. Because everything has to go through the spirit, soul, and body to get from the spirit to get to the body to actually do anything. Hallelujah. It's also been scientifically proven that 87 and 90 percent of all illness comes through our thought life. Think about that. That's a big percentage. That only leaves, what, 2 percent, 25 percent that doesn't come through our thought life, and that's probably accidents. You know, car accidents or somebody falls down or whatever. But all 87 to uh, 90 uh, percent of uh, all comes through your thought life. The brain that God has blessed you and me with is able to change as you think. Amen. You know, and I don't have time to teach in that. Maybe the next time I come, we will. But even the certain things that you eat affects your brain. You know, <laughs> according to Proverbs 23, 7, as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You might be thinking, well, Pastor Joe, why are you talking about all this scientist stuff? Well, I will tell you, I'm talking about this stuff, first of all, because the Lord wants me to help make you aware of why some of the things that have been happening to you are happening to you. That's why I'm talking about them. And I really believe that through the leading of the Holy Spirit, that when this weekend is over, that you're going to have more of an idea of how to counter some of the devil's attacks against you. To give you some idea of just how important and powerful your voice is, I'd like to read portions of an article from, a fortune, uh, from the Fortune magazine that was written by Jennifer Alziver, and she called it The Gift to Gab. This article was written in January 2018, issue of the Fortune magazine. Brothers and sisters, what does your voice really say about you? It just so happens more than the human brain can even conceive, it turns out. Your voice I know these things are unbelievable, but it's the truth. As a matter of fact, I personally spoke with Dr. Uh, Professor Rita Singh at the Carnegie Mellon uh, University in Pennsylvania. Uh, she, the Lord, somehow or another, <laughs> I don't ever know how God gets things done. I don't know. He just gets it done, you know. But out of all the messages on the YouTube, and out of all of my messages on the YouTube, he gets one message to Dr. Singh that I taught on the gift of gab from a, the, this article from the 2018 Fortune magazine, and she contacts me. And so we come into contact and end up talking, called me and talked to him about an hour, and it's amazing. You, you'll find it, it's amazing what the, what the voice, what they can do determine from a voice recording. Your voice offers hints about your mood, your social status, your upbringing, your age, your ethnicity, your weight, your height, even your facial features, plus even information about the environment around you. They can even determine from what part of the country you're from. The human ear cannot detect these minute inputs, but artificial intelligence, and that's what we're talking about, AI, artificial intelligence, well, that's another story, saints, Software often learning from those customer service calls recorded for training purposes, and I'm sure that everyone in here has had their voice recorded at one time or another. 
If you've made the phone call to get in touch with anybody, you've had your voice recorded. Software can now pick up micro-signatures in a voice that reveals telling details about the speaker, about you. It's a concept they call voice profiling. And in December, researchers at Carnegie Mellon University achieved a breakthrough using artificial intelligence to generate a three-dimensional image of a speaker's face simply by analyzing a voice recording. Your voice is like your DNA or your fingerprint, says Rita Singh, who leads the research at Carnegie Mellon. As a matter of fact, like I said, I have, you know, I spoke with her. Research into voice analysis, Dr. Singh says, has been going ongoing for decades, for centuries, but it wasn't until this one that the field began to make its way toward the mainstream. For instance, she says, when you ask your TV for a good comedy, a voice print might prompt it to display R-rated movies rather than the G-rated ones it offers your nine-year-old daughter when she asks you this, when she asks it the same question. And she says this is the very, very beginning, says Amy Webb, founder of the Future Today Institute, which researches technology and forecasts future tech trends. She says today a broad constellation of voice technologies is expanding thanks to more robust computing power and more sophisticated algorithm. She says we're going to see dramatic shifts in biometric and voice technology, she says, in the next 10 years. Professor Rita Singh hopes that her tech would one day help doctors using telemedicine identify the early onset of conditions like Parkinson's disease. She says it's the tip of the iceberg of possibility, says Singh. She says, just like your DNA defines you, your voice captures your entire persona. And I, I'm going somewhere with this, so just listen up. I, I'd like to say, as a matter of fact, she was telling me over the phone about, uh, well, this part of this was in the uh, article, I just didn't choose to put the whole thing in, about the U.S. Coast Guard. She was shared with me over the phone that the U.S. Coast Guard received uh, prank calls, you know, uh, maybe a hundred a year, and, and the the Coast Guard has to go out and, and to to find out what's going on. But they're fake, and, and it can be it could be dangerous, you know, because they don't ever know what they're going to run into. And so Homeland Security contacted uh, Dr. Singh to see if there was some way that she could help them. And so she was working with them, and so she was listening to this voice, recording voice, and just by listening to this voice, here's what she was able to determine just by listening to a voice recording. She was able to determine the man's height, his weight, what part of the country he was from, what kind of machine he was working on, recording on. She says it was a homemade one then he was just beginning to learn how to use it, that he was calling from a warehouse in the eastern part of the states, and that one of the walls in there was a glass wall, and that he was sitting on a metal stool on a concrete floor. She did that just through a voice recording. And you think that your voice has nothing. We go around shooting our mouths off all the time. Yes. And it's going out into the atmosphere. Yes. And we're creating. And that's why I'm talking about the importance of it. 
And I also want you to be aware too, my sister Dorothy, I was visiting her not too long ago, and she received a phone call, and you need to be aware of these things, that she received a phone call and she, answer, she just answered it and they pretended to be, I think, the police, whatever, you know, they call to get donations, you know. And, uh, and when she asked, uh, started asking, a que you know, a question about it, she said, you know, it, they wanted to know, could they, I think, record her voice or record it or something, and she said yes. And as soon as she did, they hung up. You know, you're going to have to be careful because they can take that voice, that yes answer or whatever else you might say. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm only trying to make you aware. And that's not the only reason I'm talking about that. Uh, you might, like I said before, you might be wondering why I'm t I am talking about all this. Well, for starters, it's confirming what the Bible has always taught us about what we give voice to the, and the power that is in our voice. And in our words, according to the book of James, we don't need technology to tell us, saints, the importance of our words. According to James 3 in the voice translation, in verse 2 it says, The one who can control his tongue can also control the rest of his body. Amen. And this is what I'm talking about. Your brain, your voice. As David was saying, you don't have to put up with it. He was thinking to himself, I don't have to put... His thought was, I don't have to put up with this. And that was, that was a correct thought because he didn't have to put up with it. He could, but he didn't have to. Saints, that's a powerful statement. I want you to think about that. About the, he says in James, he said, the one who can control his tongue can also control the rest of his body. 1 Peter 3.10 says, if you want to live a long life, then watch your mouth. Then watch your tongue. Remember the article I just read, your voice is like your DNA or your fingerprints. In other words, your mountain knows your voice. And you can control your circumstances with your tongue. You really, you can. I know it's hard to believe, but it's the truth. That is basically what Jesus was telling us in the book of James. In James 3, he says, Have you ever seen a massive ship sailing effortlessly across the water? He said, despite its immense size, he said, the fact that it is propelled by mighty winds, he said, a small rudder directs the ship in any direction the pilot chooses. Saints, you are the pilot of your ship. You are the pilot of your ship, your body, your finances, everything. You are the pilot. I want you to think about that. What does that mean? It means that the mouth is one of your most powerful resources and your tongue is the answer. If you're needing healing in your body, your tongue is your answer. If you need a financial breakthrough, it's in your mouth. It's in your tongue. But in order for you to lay hold of it, you're going to have to turn the ship. You know, if you have been speaking negative towards your health, then you're going to have to start speaking what God said. And as you begin to speak what God says, that ship is going to gradually... Turn. It's not going to turn overnight. It takes a while if you watch the ship. But it's a little small rudder that will turn that massive ship. You know, just like the Lord talks about the bit in the horse's mouth. Big little bit, big horse. But it'll turn him any way you want him to go. So what he's saying, if you're not happy with what's going on in your life, 
use your tongue as your rudder and begin to turn in the direction that you want to go. Begin to speak blessings over your finances. Begin to say things like, God, I thank you that you prosper. All the things that my hands touch, you prosper, Lord. I thank you that you are my source, that you, you are my provider, that you provide for me. Or if it's healing, you are my healer. You've sent your word. And it's moved all sickness from my body. I don't have to be sick. It's not your desire that I be sick. You know, begin to turn your ship around to where you want it to go and get sick and tired of putting up. with. Like David said, I don't have to put up with it. You don't have to put up with it. It's, it, it's a choice. It, it's a choice. We have to keep in mind that every word is a seed, according to Luke 8, 4, and it's going to bring a harvest. The harvest that you're bringing is not what you want, but you're bringing in a harvest. Whether you recognize it or not, you are bringing in a harvest because you're talking every day, you're speaking every day, so those seeds are, are, are growing. It's just you're just throwing them out there and you're not paying any attention to where you sow. It's like people that tithe. You just put your ties in there. You never say a word. You don't do anything. You just put it in there. And that's okay. Lord, you know, he, he, he sees your heart and he knows that. But you know, you can say, Lord, I thank you that what a privilege it is to give into the kingdom of God, into your work, Lord. I thank you that I invest, I'm investing my money into your kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to get 100 return back or 1,000 return or 60, 30, 60, 100 before return. You can say 1,000 return. You know, God's going to give you far more of an interest back on what you give than what the bank is. Amen. You know, and you, you can say, Lord, I just thank you that you said as I give. It's going to be given back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men, and, and, and listen to this, he said, will men give unto me? Not God, men. It's not, he's not going to be dropping it out of the heavens. It'd be nice if he would, but he's not. But he's given us everything that we need to get it down here. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, why does God continue to tell us that he created us in his image and likeness? God created with his words, and so can you, and whether or not you're aware of it. As I said, you are creating your future every day by the words that's coming out of your mouth. And Isaiah 55, 11 says in the New Living Bible, says, The rain and the snow comes down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. He said, They cause the grain to grow produce and seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And God says, it is, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it and it will not return unto me void. God is saying... I'll send forth my word. You know, he says, I send, uh, he says, my word, you know, he comes down, it waters the ground. It does what I send it to do. It comes down to water the ground. And he said, my word is like the water that comes down to water the earth. He says, I send that word forth 
and I send, you know, and I, you know, wherever I send it, it prospers the thing for which to I send it, and it does not come back to me void. In other words, when you send your, when you send God's word out for healing, it's not going to come back until it's accomplished what He sent it out to do. If you're speaking God's word, you are the same as God speaking His word. You're created in His image and His likeness. He continues to tell you this all through the Bible. I've created you in our... He said, let's go create them in our image and in our likeness and give them dominion. But we're not taking advantage of it. We think that we're being sacrilegious when we start speaking to things and, 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 and claiming things. You can claim it in the name of Jesus. It's yours. It's already yours. Think... About this for a moment. Whose words are you giving voice to? Whose words have you in the past been given voice to? In other words, have you been speaking negative thoughts over your situation? Or have you been speaking what God says over your situation? Not only does God hear your words, but so does Satan. The devil hears what you've been saying. He hears your confessions. Mark eleven twenty three works both ways. Mark 23 said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You're going to get what you saith. If you're poor mouthing, you're going to stay broke. If you're speaking death on sickness, you're going to stay sick. You're going to get what you say. It works both ways. But most people only focus on the good part. You know, that you can get what you say. Everyone hears you talk about your lack. The devil hears you talk about your lack. He hears you talking death and sickness. He talks about your failures. He hears you claiming that disease. He hears you claiming that sickness or your poverty. He, he hears you giving ownership to it. You're calling it with, in with your words. You, you, you are calling. You know, the Bible says you call those things that be not as though they are. But what he wants you to do is to call the good things that be not as though they are. He wants you to call peace and health and all these things in on you. He don't want you to be speaking poverty. It's not God's fault if you're, if you're in like. It's not God's fault if we're sick. He's given us the equipment. He's given us everything that we need. He's given us every gift pertaining to life and godliness, the Bible says. Every gift pertaining to life and godliness. When you speak like, I want you to know, you may not be aware of this, but when you talk about your poverty and when you talk about your bills being overdue and not having enough to pay your bills and you're talking about that, you're literally stopping your finances. You're literally stopping them. When you speak sickness, when you're constantly talking about, I know when you're sick, you got to tell somebody. You know, sometimes I do too. But, you know, and some people, you don't ever want to ask them how to feel. <laughs> I mean, you just really don't want to ask them how to feel. But unless you've got some time. You know, because they're going to start from the top of their head down to their feet. And they're going to tell you everything that's wrong. And every medication they take. And the dosage per day. And, and, and all that. Yeah, I mean, they just are. I mean, I, I know some people that do that. And, and, I, and some of these people I love with all my heart. And my dad used to be one of them. He, bless his heart. He's with the Lord now. But some people, <laughs> you just, 
Don't, uh, some questions you just don't want to ask. <laughs> That's one of them, praise God. I, I just want you to understand that sometimes we feel helpless and out of control of certain things and situations, but we have more control than you think you do. You have authority, and you can, you can move some mountains out of your way. You might not move them out of your way overnight, but you can start budging them. And you might even have them out there a lot sooner than you think. Because the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. And, and, and I tell you what, you don't even have to go over that mountain. You go through that mountain. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. You know, do you want to break through of your captivity? That's my question. Well, your answer is found in Ephesians 4.23 and Romans 12. When to renew your mind. And you know, I noticed that it's, it's, uh, it's easy and it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's easy because you know that you love to read the Bible, you know you love the Lord, and you love to hear the Word. But it's, it's not so easy to do what it says. Even though the Bible says, don't, you know, not to be hearers only, but be a doers also in the book of James. It's not always easy to be a doer. But you have, you're going to have to. It says, let the, in Ephesians 4.23, says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly and ho uh, righteous and holy. And we know what Romans 12.2 says. That says, don't be conformed to this world but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Brothers and sisters, God has given you the ability to renew your mind with the help of the Holy Spirit. Our thoughts can change as we renew our mind. And as our thoughts change, so with the words coming out of our mouths. As you begin to renew your mind, your thought life will, will change. Saints, your words will never become, your words will either become a blessing or a curse to you. And Deuteronomy 30, 19 is very clear on that. He says, I call heaven and earth down to witness against you today. He said, I set before you both blessings and cursings. He said, choose blessings that your life, will, that, that your life would be long and, and your ancestors, and that your descendants. According to a study where more than 2,800 men and women, 65 and older, were asked, is your health excellent, good, fair, or poor? Those who rate their health poor are four to five times more likely to die in the next four years than those who rate their health as excellent. And let me say this. If your health is poor, and sometimes it is, but just because it's poor don't mean you got to talk about it. Amen. Okay? You, you, you can talk about the goodness of God. You can talk about what he says about your healing. You can talk about anything. You don't have to talk about it because, you know, some of us are in poor health. And I, and I have been from time to time, too. But you have to be careful not to talk about it. You just want to pray about it and go on about your business and trust that the Lord's going to take care of it. So I'm not, I'm not putting anything or anybody down. I'm just letting you know that we have to be careful if we want to live a long life. That this was true. They said this was true, even if the examination showed the patient to be in comparable health. Still the same, same thing. 
that they're four to five times more likely to die uh, than those who rate their health excellent. In other words, it's a mind thing. What, how do you feel it? What, what are your thoughts on your health? He's saying, are your thoughts that I'm in excellent health? Are your thoughts that I'm good health? I'm a fair health and I'm in poor health? You would say, you know, um, they're saying that the poor ones that set rated as poor health are four to five times more likely to die in the next four years. And it was true even if the, if it, uh, a patient showed that uh, they were in comparable health. It says these findings were supported by five other large studies totaling over 23,000 people. In other words, people that have an image of themselves being in poor health would talk about poor health. That's my point. Whatever you, you have an image of in your mind, which is your thoughts, is what you're going to talk about. What you focus on, what you're going to talk about. Even though they may be in good health. In Numbers 13, we're all familiar with that, or most of us are. It talks about the 12 men that were sent out by Moses to spy out the land with Joshua and Caleb. The spies said we saw the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we were, and so we were in their own sight. In other words, people that have uh, this image of themselves are going to see them. They, they were not like they were not grasshoppers. The giants didn't call them grasshoppers, and 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 he they didn't see them as grasshoppers. The twelve spies saw themselves that way. He said that we, 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 we saw these giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight because they saw themselves as a grasshopper then the giants saw them as grasshoppers but they saw it first, okay? So if you see yourself broke, busted, and disgusted and, and never going to get it or your health and everything then other people's going to see you that way too. But you, you, have the, you, you see yourself that way first. It's an image that you have of yourself. In other words, people that have this image of themselves seem to live out the reality of the image they have even unto death. And that, that confirms Proverbs 18.21 where it says that the power of life and death lies in your tongue. Saints, what you believe and speak will affect your body and your immune system and your finances too. What God's Word says, um, what does God's Word say about what you say in Proverbs 13 to 11 says, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth, he says, can ruin everything. Think about that. That's in Proverbs 13, verse 3 in the New Living Translation. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth, he says, can ruin everything. Saints, it's hard to change the way that you, we think and speak, but you can do it. I know you can do it. How many here want to do that? How many would like to see their ship turn around? You know, everybody's talking about their ship coming in. You know, when, when my ship comes in, well, it ain't coming in unless you help it come in. And the way you're going to get it in is that this be your rudder and begin just like the bit in the horse's mouth and turn it around. Hallelujah.